The theme is on the kingdom. We are the rescue rangers. I didn't know that was taken from cartoon. I don't watch a lot of cartoons. But I like this. The kingdom is a very major theme in the scriptures. So much so that the very first word that Jesus Christ spoke about is the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe. The kingdom of God is here. The very last thing that Jesus Christ spoke, or one of the very last things that Jesus Christ spoke to Pontius Pilate on his trial, was that Pontius Pilate, the governor in Jerusalem, turned to him and said, I heard you are a king. Are you a king? Yes, I am. Huh. Where is your kingdom? Where is your nation? Where is your government? Where are your people? Where are your soldiers? Where are your army? You are a king? I have a funny feeling that Pontius Pilate might be thinking, <laughs> probably is laughing, I'm just a governor. I'm not even a king. I'm a governor in Jerusalem. And yet, today, I have the power to crucify you. You are a king. <laughs> not a very great king. Not a very powerful king. Even a governor can decide your fate. Two men standing on the stage. One, a governor. Full of arrogance. But there's great power behind him. The Roman Empire is behind him. The emperor was behind him. Here Jesus. About to suffer in his hands and will die in his hands. You are a king? Hmm. Where is your nation? Where is your kingdom? And Jesus Christ said, My kingdom is not of this world. But I can take your life. No. Unless the one, the maker of heaven and earth, Permitted you so. I'm not in your hand. I'm here willingly, so willingly, so lovingly, as you look across right into the timelines, into the future, and all the generations, and behind, and forward, and all the people. I'm here for the people. I'm here for the cross. I'm here for Golgotha. I'm here to pick up my cross. I'm willing to lay down my life. You can't take my life. I lay it down willingly as a ransom 
with my blood ransom for many. My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus Christ said to Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Where is this kingdom? Some of the Jews and the Pharisees even questioned him, where is the kingdom? He said, the kingdom is here in your midst. Where? It's in here, right here before your very eyes. You can't see. They can't see. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see. Even though the kingdom is right before their very nose, they cannot see. Jesus himself is the kingdom. He represents the kingdom of God. In this kingdom, he is made to rule. He's not like any king on earth. We just witnessed a burial of the longest reigning monarch ever in history, 70 years. And then someone said, the queen is dead. Long live the king. And here walk in King Charles III. The kingdom come and kingdom go. But these are earthly powers and dominions. But there's one that will never end. Before, today, and evermore. That is the kingdom of God. God is the king. When the Jews left Egypt from slavery, By Moses. Of course, they didn't enter in. Subsequently, they did. And then they were having a period of judges. And then the people got fed up with judges because they saw the neighboring nations have a king. And so they approached the prophet. Give us a king. The prophet said, You have a king. He is God. What do you want? Ah, we want just like a king like our neighboring countries. And so they have the first king, King Saul. I want you to know we have a king. And there is a kingdom. And this kingdom reigns forever. Before we look at Colossians, I just want to give a snapshot in the book of Revelation. If you can kindly turn to your scriptures, Revelation chapter 1. 
We have an account of the Apostle John who was taken in the spirit to see for himself. And God said that, write it down, things that will soon come to pass. Write down what you see. Of course, write down what you see, what you hear, what you feel. Write it down. And so we have 22 chapters. I started reading the book of Revelation since January 1st, 2022 as my dedication to the reading of the scriptures. So throughout this year, 2022, I read nothing but the book of Revelation. And then your pastor wrote to me and said, Ah, uh, Leloya, can you preach from Colossians? Mm. <laughs> that one, I got to consult my wife. Low Paul. So what do you think? Huh? said, never mind. Whatever the scripture, just take them to the book of Revelation first. <laughs> Once you've done it, then you go to Colossian law. I just want to confess, through this year, I preach nothing but the book of Revelation. Revelation is a very frightening book, so frightening to me that in Bible school, 1982, I shiver and tremble when I walk into the class because I almost could tell I will never understand what the lecturer is talking about. <laughs> At the end of the semester, I know nothing what he said. I struggle with revelation. There are too many theories, too many opinions, too many systems. I shy away until this year I confronted with the book of Revelation. It stated in chapter 1, Blessed is he who hears. <laughs> Blessed is he who reads in verse 3. Blessed is he who... Blessed are those who hear and take heart what is written because the time is near. I'd like to concur with your pastor. Indeed, the Lord is coming. When? We do not know. I know one thing. We are nearer. Every day, we are nearer. I also want to tell you that every generation believe they were the last generation. If you read the writing of Apostle Paul, you can almost could tell that he sincerely believed that his time was the last. So convinced was Paul that he gave his opinion. And he stated very clearly, it's my opinion, ah, just my opinion. But it's written in scriptures. Somehow there was this parenthesis, like a, a bracket. He writing, writing, writing. Mm, just my, I just want them to know something. I know Christ is coming back. I do not know when, but I know, I know, I know. So what do I tell them? He put somehow, some insert, and he put his opinion and said, may I advise you, don't get married. <laughs> what kind of advice is that? What kind? Have you read that? I do not know. Have you read that? I've read it. And so, 
What is this? And because of the one statement, I struggle. Should I marry or not? Should I marry or not? Lord, show me your view. Is this in the scriptures? But then God put my eyes into the scriptures and said, Paul only gives his opinion. He stated so. Everything else is not opinion. If it's his opinion, he tells you so. My opinion. Turn to your neighbor, opinion only. If you are married, don't feel guilty. <laughs> Otherwise, our children won't be here today. What am I trying to get at? Is that Paul sincerely, sincerely, utmost sincerely believed his time was the last. If you read every of the church fathers' writing, they believe they were the last. The great reformer, Martin Luther, he also believed he was his last. And 500 years later, we are still here. Turn to your neighbor, we're still here. La. Yenada, yenada, yenada. Somehow this testimony from India has rubbed into me. <laughs> but I know he didn't go, he didn't go to Tamil Nadu. But that was this. If you got tired after a sermon, you can just say, Sapriya. And after the, at 2 o'clock, you say, Sapriya. If you don't understand, never mind. Let's come back here. I'd like to encourage you, read the book of Revelation. I also want to encourage you that you can read with no understanding. It's the only book you are given excuse not to understand. Turn to your neighbor, you can read, don't understand, never mind, just read. Because the Bible said, if you read it, you are blessed. It didn't say you read and understand, then only you're blessed. No, no. It said read and then you're blessed. So read long. I've been reading this since January. Now it's September. I'm still reading it. And I still said, Yenada. Yenada. I was so encouraged. I was so encouraged that even John, the writer, said, I also don't understand. I said, what thing will you write? What you write, you don't understand? John said, I was told, right? Whatever I see, I write law. But you understand? Not? No. Now why you write? God said, write. Write what you see. I write law. You may say, Pastor, how you know John did not understand? Because John asked. Because the, the angel asked, Hey, you understand what you see? And then he looked at the angel. Yenada. Do you see? Do you see that? Yes. Do you understand? I don't know. It's in the book of Revelation. Just turn to the neighbor. It's there. It's there. John said many times, I don't know why I'm writing. The angel asked John himself, Do you understand? He said, Elect? No. So I asked, Why you write? God said, Write, ma. Write. Just write. My wife was talking to me yesterday and she said, I said, Why are you shaking your head? He said, Tomorrow you're going to Klang, so you need to talk like this. I'm just preparing you, preparing you. Yenada, yenada, yenada. But here's the thing. Read down. Oh, my time is up, huh? Okay. <laughs> now, the, now the timer has become very big. Okay, now it's very big. Pastor, you're still in the revelation. 
You read down, you read down, you read down. God said to John, write what you see. The question is, what was the first item he saw? What was the first item he saw? And the answer is this. <laughs> Lo and behold, the first item he saw is found in verse, verse 4. The first item he saw, the first piece of furniture he saw, the first item was this item called the throne. Do I have an amen? He saw the throne. Throughout all of the New Testament writings from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the whole emphasis from Acts and Epistles of Paul and Peter and the rest, the whole Epistles, the whole focus, the whole focus, the whole focus was on the blood of Christ, the cross. Suddenly, in, in this place, if I could say, there was this vision that John saw. It's a heavenly vision, isn't it? It's almost like he was right there in the throned room of God. That, may I suggest to you, he saw the kingdom of God. Where God was seated on the throne. That tells you one thing. We are living with a perspective. We must live with a perspective that we are in the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, I turn you to Colossians. Colossian is a church, Colossi in the city, small little town, some hundred miles away from Ephesus, which is a major city, Colossi, small place. That church was not planted by Paul. It was planted by one of Paul's assistants. His name is Epaprast. John is now writing to this church because he heard news from Epaphras that this small little church in a small little town has now been birthed. And he got so excited. Every time there was a birth of a new church, uh, uh, an assembly of God's people, he got excited. In a, in a place, in a place, if John is, if, if Paul, if Paul, if Paul is alive today, if he hears a report from Pastor Stephen Mohan about a small little town that he didn't even know what town is this, this, this village in the place called Sikkim, Sikkim. I got to look at the map, where is Sikkim? In this place called Sikkim. He said that, uh, that uh, it's, not, it's, it's nothing, it's, it's, forgive his words, he used the word jungle. <laughs> right in the jungle, he said, in the jungle called Sikkim Sikkim Jungle. It's a high point church. Wow. 
Hey, give yourself a clap, lah. When the church is born, Klang Church born in India, it's a cause for rejoicing. That tells me one thing. <laughs> it tells me a church, a church is simply a body of believers. But how can you have a church, a building with no people? There must be people. But who are these people? These people were rescued from the kingdom of darkness. And they are planted in the kingdom of light. Oh, that is wonderful news. So we go, we read verse 13. I'd like to encourage you to read the full letter of Colossians. There are only four chapters. But read chapter 1, verse 13. I'd like to make a side note here. Just a side note. During my time, and Pastor Stephen Mohan's time, when we were younger, much, much younger, and we go to church, we all carry Bibles to church. I mean, it's amazing. And then we go to the coffee shop. All these Bibles is stacked to one place. And then we all have our nasi ayam, whatever. No? Everybody will know he's a bunch of Christians going to church. It's a bunch of Christians just finished church. There are Bibles on the table. During our time, we read Bible for our devotion. I like to say this again. To some of you, it's like daily bread law. No, you version law. No, some devotion law. No, we read Bible for our devotion. We actually open the Bible and read. Actually, actually opening Bible and read, isn't it? Pastor, may I say this to you very sadly? Christians don't read Bible for devotion today. They have their handphone. One day I was talking to my wife and I said, So, what did God say to you? Huh? And then he said, Ah, this one minute podcast from this pastor, he said this. I said, I didn't ask you what this podcast said. What did God say to you? Ah, there was this pastor say, I did ask you about that pastor. Yeah, I was in this live stream, this, this, this online service. That pastor, I'm not asking you. Ah, yes. Oh, there was this devotion. Somebody just forwarded me some devotion. I read it. Wow, it's so good. I said, I'm not asking you for devotions. What did God say? And then she said, all these things, all, all these are all God say, ma. I said, okay, okay, okay. What did the scripture say to you? And then you say, I'm not read all. <laughs> we have a pandemic of a certain kind. We do not know how to read Bible for our devotions. Tend to say, maybe, 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 maybe this is the reason why I'm here today to listen to this pastor. Just tell me, read Bible for devotion. Yes. 
Let's go on. Let's go on. Bible. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Wow, pastor, after so many minutes, baru start. For he has rescued us. For he has rescued us. I'm reading from the NIV. For he has rescued us. Who rescued us? If you just look at verse 13, your answer is almost so quickly, you will say, Jesus, Jesus rescue us. And I say, ah, read again, read again, read verses before, read before, read the context, and you will see that Paul was talking about the Father. The Father rescue us. Do I have an amen? Sometimes we think the Father is not doing anything. He is. And He is still in the business of rescuing people. The Father rescue us. Did you know that for God the Father, and we say this in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God the Father, the maker of heaven and earth. The Father, maker of heaven and earth. He can make heaven and earth by simply saying words. That nothing that existed exists because of his words. He speaks words that it did not exist to existence. He speaks things to existence. He could make stars, millions, billions, trillions, zillions, googleions with just his words. Bang! It's done. Done. He could make mountains and seas. Done. With just his words. But that's something that the Father is working so hard and so long that the Father could not speak words to existence. It takes work. It takes hard work. It's so hard. This work is called rescue us from the dominion of darkness. Salvation is the hard work. He could create the sun and the stars with just one word, done. Probably with a snap of a finger, done. But to save so hard work. So hard that if you read the Colossian epistle, that Paul, in fact, epitomized. Is there such a word? Epitomized. He, 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 he articulated, he, he expressed 
this whole feeling, this feeling of this work called salvation, this feeling in one word, NIV. I'm not sure whether the English translation is correct, but this is the word that, that was used to translate for, 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 for Paul. That one word is this, I struggle. It's right here. It's right here in Colossians that Paul used the word, I struggle. We think, if it's God's plan, easy one. How do you know it's God's will when it's easy law? You know, when we tell people, when people ask us, ah, Pastor, Pastor, how do I know I'm in the will of God? And our answer is, if it's easy law. Hmm. Doesn't sound easy here for me. It's the will of God to save souls. Easy? Hmm. Paul would say it's easier to... <laughs> he was a time maker, right? <laughs> it's easy to make tents. <laughs> it's easy to build a house. <laughs> it's easy to, to, to lay bridges. It's easy to sweep the floor. It's... It's easy to wash toilet, huh? okay, brother? But wash toilet or not? Okay. Easy. It's easy to wash toilet. It's easy to wash your car. Save souls. May I suggest, it's the most difficult human enterprise ever, because God. God himself is putting a lot of effort winning souls. For the one church in the jungle, I don't know what jungle, the jungle got no name, but it's in Sikkim. This jungle has got a high point church. But I can tell you, it takes a lot Sometimes we say, wow, if I can make the blind to see, uh, easy long, people will believe. Oh, if I can <coughs> raise the dead, uh, wow, the whole country will believe. Oh. Jesus did all those, oh, and then they crucified him. <laughs> Not only that, they call him uh, uh, demon-possessed. Isn't it? In fact, when Jesus walked on water, they concluded his hantu. Ghost, ghost. I can't help it, can't help it because Sarawak is in my blood. Sarawak. I can't help it because whenever I use the word hantu, I must tell you the story. When I was in Sarawak, when I preached the gospel in Sarawak, I always, always say this. Kita mesti sentiasa maju dalam Tuhan. Jangan gostan. Majunya Tuhan. Gostannya hantu. Tuhannya maju, gostannya hantu. Siapa mau hantu, gostan. Siapa mau Tuhan, maju. Wow, I got so safe. Everybody's so frightened with hantu. Semuanya maju. Maju, maju, maju. I could turn the long houses crazy just with one statement like this. I don't know whether it can be done in sick. Him or not. 
everybody come. Who knows? It tells me this. God's main, main, God's main, main preoccupation in his mind was souls, saving souls. It's nothing else. It's right here. Every attention was driven to this. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And then in verse 28, we proclaim Him. Him we proclaim. We got no other message but Jesus. Do I have an amen? There are two kingdoms in collision. One side, the kingdom of the Son whom He loves. It's called the kingdom of light. On the other side is the kingdom of darkness. One is where God is seated on the throne and He reigns. The other is the pretender, Lucifer, who wants to reign. The kingdom of light, you have people who love God, who worship God. And the other side, the Bible says they are lovers of self and boastful and arrogant. And the kingdom of life are people who are humble. We bow our knees to God. And we call Jesus Lord. On the other side, they refuse to bow to God. Lucifer was the angel of like himself. And one day he said, I will ascend to the highest heaven and I will declare myself God. The Bible calls that attitude, pride. And so Lucifer fell because of pride. There's one religion, out of courtesy, I will not name that religion, but the religion said Lucifer fell because when God made Adam, he insisted all angels to bow before Adam. And Lucifer stood up and said, why should I bow to Adam? He's only a man. And for that statement, he was cast down. But that's that religion. Somehow there's this thing called man-centered. 
bow to men. No, no, no. As far as the Bible is concerned, we don't bow to men. We bow to God. We don't bow to the angels. We bow to God. Pride. On this side is humility and submission. On the other side is pride and self-serving and worshipping of self. On this side, Jesus is the only way. He is the only way to our salvation. He is the only way to our redemption. He is the only answer that we have our forgiveness of sin. On the other side is pluralism, inclusiveness. And they said, love, don't judge. We include all. On this side is living our life worthy of the call, living our life worthy of God's grace, living our life worthy of God's blood, the blood of Christ shed on us. We live our life worthily. On the other side, my body, my choice. You don't tell me how to live. I decide how to live my life. Through all our TV shows today, made in Hollywood, I can tell you this, from today onward, keep watching all these Hollywood-made movies, all these superheroes, <laughs> including cartoons. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this whole idea about inclusiveness? And in the Western media, the inclusiveness in the mind is LGBTQ+, isn't it? I just recently watched a show called Invasion. Apple TV, I got it free. Three months only, law. But I watched that show, Invasion. It was a very nice show, very, very nice show. But yet, in that show, was lesbian. In full colors. Not just hinting, hinting. This song, real, real one. And I'm a joker watching it. And I said to myself, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I can avoid it. I can stop it. But you can't stop. This is all mainstream media now. Here's the thing. Make this as a point for discussion with others. With our children who are watching the same may be asking the same question, isn't it? This is where the line is drawn. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness. Where are you standing? For me and my house, we are on the side of the kingdom of God. Amen. Shall we stand? God could easily create heaven and earth, but to save souls, really, really difficult.
It costs all his time and effort, energy. It costs him his only son, Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul, probably the greatest of all, though he called himself the least of the apostles, he said, I struggle. I struggle to present Christ to the world. I struggle. It is a lot of work. Friends, as I share this, I want to inject this vision into you. That's why I'm talking so passionately, putting this seed into your mind, into your heart, so that you can see, even as I speak, you could see it, you could see it, you could see it, you could see it. God the Father rescue us. He's in the rescue mission. And we, His rescue rangers. Paul himself is a rescue ranger. Jesus was the first rescue ranger. We follow Christ. And Jesus Christ said, You follow me, I will make you fishes of men. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see. Though it's in front of his eyes, he can't see it. He could not feel it, he could not experience it. But unless you are born again, you can see it, you can feel it, you can experience it. That the kingdom of God is here and right here, even in your heart. Because Jesus Christ said, My Father and I will build our tabernacle in you and will live in you. Holy Spirit, the counselor, is sent into you. Yes. Paul says, We are therefore temple of God the dwelling place of God. And God who lives in us is still having this cry in his heart for souls to come in. Understand the time we are living in, there isn't much time. Christ comes again. Are you ready? As all eyes close, if there's anyone here, you have not received Christ as your Savior. I'd like to give you an opportunity to receive Christ now. If you're watching this online, I do the same for you as an invitation. Open your heart. Receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. And when you do that sincerely, even a whisper of prayer, even a prayer like, Lord, I open the door of my heart, come in, Jesus. I thank you for saving me. Thank you for your blood. The blood washes me. I thank you for your love. 
Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your life. I open this door. Come in, Lord Jesus, as you promised me, you will come in. Jesus Christ promised you, when you do that, you will see the kingdom of God. So here is the prayer, Lord Jesus. I open the door of my heart today, and I welcome you, Jesus. Come into my life, to my spirit, to my soul, to my mind, to my, to my heart. I open, I open the door of my life, my life. I open this door, Jesus. Come in, Jesus. Come in, Lord Jesus. Today, I accept you, Jesus. Come to my life. Open, open this door. Come in, Jesus. Give me this new birth, born again. I want to see the kingdom of God here, now, this time. Let me feel it. Let me experience it. Let me have it. Here, Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. I call you Lord Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. You forgive all my sins. Your precious blood has washed me white as snow. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Make me today the child of the Most High God. I thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father shine his face upon you and give you grace upon grace that your eyes are open and to see yourself as rescue rangers going out from this place wherever there is opportunity given to you and by the grace of God as he put words into your mouth that you will speak in such a way and I pray right now that many because of you will come to Jesus. We bless it right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.